Thank you for joining us wherever you are. This podcast episode is brought to you by the Old Ways Actual Play Team. This actual play uses the Delta Green tabletop role-playing game rules by Pelgrane Press. This actual play is performed by adults and in an adult setting. Listeners should know that this podcast may include mature language and themes. All content, including names, places, events, and etc., that may be a resemblance to entities living or dead, is strictly coincidental. And now, let's get on with the show. Thank you for joining us again another episode of the Old Ways Podcast. We are back for another and likely final chapter in our Delta Green side quest called Fever Dreams. And I am now going to slide out of the way for our handler, James. Welcome back, everyone. Again, we'd like to thank everyone for joining us in the third and, as Mike said, final chapter of this brief adventure. Without too much delay, I'm going to kind of jump right into it. So we're going to start and go around the table. Hi, this is Morgan. I play Cassie Callahan, and hopefully tonight she doesn't die. And if she does, well, it is what it is. Next, at the end of the table... This is Jake. I'll be playing Julian Santos. And like I said, I am living to the end of this game, regardless. Whatever I have to do. <laughs> and sitting next to Jake, figuratively speaking. This is Silas. I am playing Nick Montgomery. And I don't think attempts to disbelieve are a thing in this game. Not that I have found. And lastly, but not leastly, we have Mike. This is Mike, and I'm going to be playing... U.S. Deputy Marshal Anthony Bartlett, who is probably holding on to his gun a little tighter now that there are evidently hordes of people coming at us. Which is a fantastic tie-in for where we are at. Currently, we are... Well, uh, let's start right there. So, Deputy Anthony, you are looking down the barrel of your gun. You have done this hundreds of times You've stood at the range, you've gone out to other ranges. In fact, in the line of duty, you've looked down the barrel of your gun. But this is different. These people don't seem like they're going to give you guys any room for negotiation. And you can feel your pulse begin to quicken. Cassie, you are standing right next to Anthony here. Mm -hmm. And you also see these people on foot charging towards the motel. You feel your heart rate increase a little, your breath start to quicken as you realize that they are not going to stop and they are probably going to do everything in their power to use those grisly, nasty weapons. Let's start with you two. What are you doing? We've already told them to freeze and stand down. They're not. They don't seem to be. So they're charging the door, yes? Yes, they are charging you on foot currently. Deputy Bartlett doesn't want to shoot anybody, naturally, but... Well, maybe some people, right. but they're going to leave him no choice. And in that way, I suppose he's going to fire. Okay. He's going to open fire, right? He gave out ample warning. And as we go by decks in Delta Green, there's no real roll. Everybody, we count off by decks. And when I hit your number, you tell me what your action is. We're going to start with 18. Mike, what are you doing? I'm turn to the left. I know that Cassie has the right and I can clearly see one and maybe half of this other individual. Mm -hmm. I know that there's likely more people out there, but I'm going to fire at that first one straight to the left. 
I'm not going to move from this door position just because I'm going to treat our front motel room door as the castle and try to keep people from getting in. Fantastic. Go ahead and give me a firearms roll then, sir. That is a six. Uh, wow. Fantastic. Go ahead and make me a damage roll, sir. That's four. So, four. You can go easily center mass. Is that where you're aiming? I have seen in other training videos and in other live fire situations, generally speaking, when the first person gets shot, there should be some sort of reaction soon thereafter that a lot of people, when they see people getting shot, all of a sudden they stop what they're doing and they maybe rethink their actions. It's a substantial shot. He twists to the side when the bullet hits him, stumbles and falls to one knee. You expect the others to stop, slow down, or even notice, and they don't. Not even a faltered step or a missed breath. The one that you shot seems to be still attempting to move forward, even though he is bleeding pretty profusely. Okay. Julian and Nicholas, you guys all hear one round from right out front, so be incredibly loud. Next is going to be Cassie. What I'm going to do is aim for the person all the way to the right that's closest, coming towards me at the fastest speed, and I am going to shoot at them with my Smith & Wesson. You're going to pull a sidearm and... Roll the weapon. Okay, got it. Yep, fantastic. So I got a 51 out of 70. I got a success. The one to your right. As he's coming at you and he doesn't really seem to be slowing... It's a pretty easy shot for you. He's out in the open, so he doesn't have a lot to hide behind. So go ahead and roll me some damage. Okay. Not just the fact that you have to pull the trigger on a human being, but the fact that he doesn't seem to be doing anything to stop you from doing that feels even more wrong. It's 1d12 for damage. Got a five? All right. I assume you, again, are just firing center mass on him. You're not going for any, any place particular? Yeah, for right now. Because I probably didn't notice that the guy that Anthony shot is still trying to move forward. He takes a bullet in the lower gut. He does tumble to the ground. It stops him. He's holding his side, but he rolls when he lands on the ground back over onto his stomach and starts to push himself up with one arm. He seems fairly determined to keep going, even with a bullet in his gut. You can see him streaking blood on the ground behind him as he crawls towards you with a determination that rattles you and Anthony to your very core. The look in his eyes makes you question why or how someone could have that kind of a drive. I glance over at Anthony and just shake my head and you know, raise my eyebrows. I'm probably very much in the same this should not be happening sort of mentality to the fact that you have to pull the trigger on human beings right now i'm going to need a quick sanity check from both of you 84 out of 65 that is a 38 under 65 for uh, anthony barlow okay so anthony you do not hesitate any longer than it takes you to line up your shot cassie he gets about 10 feet further towards you than you anticipated before you manage to will yourself to pull that trigger and he falls into the dirt. However, you feel just a little something inside your head has to shift in order for you to pull that trigger on a human being. 
Someone needed to take me one point of sanity, please. Okie dokie. And I'm down to 64. I need both Julian and Nicholas. This won't count as your action, but I need you both to make me an alertness roll. Okay, so neither of you passed your alertness roll. No. 60 over 20 and 68 over 50. Okay. Yeah, not even close. Both of you have a fairly similar reaction as Julian, you're looking out the door, which is still halfway open. You can hear both gunshots. You can smell the cordite as it fills the room. And then your heart skips yet another beat as the window in the back of your room explodes inward and a body lands on the ground and quickly starts pushing itself up on the broken glass. Julian, you hear this glass-shattering cacophony in the next room and it startles you. But what startles you even more is as you look up at your own window, it also explodes. And a gentleman comes in and tumbles onto the bed. Oh, good. Anthony and Cassie, because you both just pulled the trigger on firearms, your unprotected ears are still making that adjustment, so you are at a minus 20% to your alertness rolls. So if you want to go ahead and make them for me. That's a critical success, sir. 11... That is a critical success. Cassie hears glass break, and as she looks back in through what she can see through the door, Julian looks stunned. Anthony hears two distinct sets of glass breaking that happen almost simultaneously, and he hears them in stereo, one from the left and one from the right. Anthony is now privy to the knowledge that there are now at least two reasons why windows have exploded in the rooms behind him, and he can hear the sound of heavy things in the room directly behind him. Something heavy has landed on the bed. Cassie, you hear the glass breaking from inside of your room. Okay. And Anthony hears the glass breaking from inside of both rooms and distinctly hears the sound of something heavy hitting the bed from behind him. That is Julian's turn now. <sighs> okay. Well, I have no weapons. <laughs> what you see is the glass explodes inward. The floor is now littered with large shards of window glass. On the bed, rolling to his feet currently, is a very thin, emaciated-looking woman. She is carrying a cooking cleaver. Her cheeks are sunken and her hair looks like it's falling out in patches. And she is looking at you with a look that you've seen before, but not in anyone that wasn't going off to solitary. I will grab a chair and try to smash it over her head. That is a fantastic idea, sir. Hotel furniture is extremely smashable. <laughs> For our listeners at home, I don't condone the smashing of hotel furniture. However, right. In event of emergency. Go ahead and make me, I believe that would be Eli roll. Oh, and I miss it. But I did roll a 69, so kudos for me. Booyah. Well done, but unfortunately, awesome as it is, it's still a miss. You grab the chair from behind you and give it a wide swing. She ducks under it pretty easily. She advances towards you slowly as you consider your next set of options. Nicholas, you are in the hotel room rapidly throwing books and papers into a duffel bag, trying to 
okay, gotta hurry, gotta get everything together before something bad happens. And then something bad happens. This thin, you assume it's a man, honestly, hard to tell, carrying a very large survival knife, looks at you with murder in his eyes, grins, and begins to advance towards you. What are you doing, sir? Well, being that combat or anything of this nature is absolutely not anything Nick has experienced with. Let's see. Is the hotel room door open right now? The door is open. Cassie is has her back to it on one side. Alright, I am going to grab the box and get out of the room. Okay. You grab the box and you begin skedaddling out of the room. Uh... Because you are in a hurry and you don't want to drop anything, I'm going to need you to make me a dexterity officer. And I cannot. As you spin on your heel heading towards the door, the box slides out of your arm and lands on the floor. The plate hits the ground and starts rolling towards the doorway like a large coin. It rolls out past Cassie and lands in the dirt right outside the door. My goal was to get it farther away from that guy. I suppose technically I succeeded. You have succeeded admirably, sir. You really haven't gotten to actually move yet. Where are you moving to? At this point, I would probably be attempting to pursue the plate as, well, I dropped it. I want to pick it back up. Okay, so you run up to the plate. And you could probably use the rest of your action to pick it up and put it back in the box. If I could do that much, I would absolutely do so. You grab the plate and put it back in the box. I need you to make me a pow roll, please. Okay. Not my day. That is not your day, no. First things first. I need you to now make me a sanity roll. Sweet mama pajama. I should have specified I need a successful roll. <laughs> I assume that was the idea, but it didn't happen. You immediately take three sanity. Instinctively, you look down at the plate and grab it. Cassie and Anthony, are you taking your eyes off of your targets to notice what he's doing? I would think so because it catches my eye. Cassie takes her eyes off of her target just for a brief second. I see him stumble out here, right? Yep. I would probably say, get the hell back in, get back in there. Nick, you hear that, but it seems to come from the other end of an extremely long, empty hallway. A hallway that in your mind is a very dark hallway, but it's not the only sound that you hear in this. You don't want to call it a darkness that you find yourself in, because darkness connotates that there was a light here at one point. This is something else. This is a place that light has never been to. Mentally, you feel like you're floating in this dark place. Physically, you feel like someone has uppercut you. Cassie and Anthony both, you hear him let loose a small oof as he touches this plate. All three of you hear thunder semi-distantly. Those of you outside, Cassie and Anthony, it corresponds with the moment his hand touches the plate. 
I probably instantly get a feeling of dread knowing that he probably shouldn't have touched that. You feel the hackles on the back of your neck begin to rise a little. Yeah. In fact, everyone make me a pal roll. Oh, <laughs> I got a failure with 91. <laughs> it's a 48 under 65. Anthony, you have that someone walked over your grave sensation. Goosebumps on goosebumps feeling. It feels like someone is watching you, but they're standing inches behind you, and you know they're there. If you turned around fast enough, you would look them right in the eye. Cassie and Julian, more than a mental sensation, it's a physical sensation. There is somebody standing right behind you. It's not necessarily a person. There's something that's watching you. Maybe not from behind you, maybe from above you, or from the sky, or the darkness underneath the bed. But it has its eye on you. You know it to be true. It's not an assumption, it's fact. I start looking around wildly, trying to figure out where that feeling's coming from. Uh, I need you both to take me one more sanity point loss, please. It's literally that strong of a feeling. You feel it tickling inside your head. Now back to Nicholas for a moment. This darkness looks back at you. It acknowledges you. And before it spits you back out, you hear the faint sound of wailing, crying, keening sound that you hear. It drills through your head like the sound of a dentist's drill. You come back to reality with the plate still in your hand. You are looking down at the plate. The texture is glossy, kind of clammy, and you can see blisters forming on your hand everywhere that it has come in contact with the plate. That's one of the top three most disturbing things that's happened to me in the past, like, six seconds. So if I am able to continue putting the plate back in the box, it seems like a really good idea at this point in time. Make me one more power roll. And that's way better than last time. With an effort that is easily the most difficult thing you can remember doing, you manage to put the plate back into the box. The moment your hand leaves the plate, your brain begins to come to. You feel oxygen is coming back into your head. You feel something hit your foot, but it doesn't really matter at the moment. The box is closed, and that's really all that matters to you. Back to the top of the list, Anthony. Wow, so much has happened. Yep. Okay, so I heard glass crash behind me. I know that Julian is in that room, yes? Yep. We have an officer out here. I'm going to wheel around, do a complete 180, and attempt to identify the target inside our room. You spin on a heel. You see a woman approaching Julian with a knife that honestly looks like it could cut a chicken in half with one good job. All right, I'm dropping her. All right, give me a firearms roll, sir. Seven under 50. Julian, for the record, you hear the gunshot and you feel the breeze of the round go by you simultaneously. Three damage. She takes it in the upper left shoulder. You don't think it's in the heart because she's still moving fairly well but you do see that in her upper chest area, the blood starts to bloom on this ragged, dirty thing that she's wearing that's a shirt. She's slowed a little, 
but she still wants to put a cleaver inside of Julian if given the opportunity. I'm going to call to him, get behind me, get behind me. Julian, you hear that. Cassie. Yes. Your action. To my left, right there, is there any windows or anything? There is a window in the front to your left that leads back into your room. But there's a few feet of wall. Yep, there's a few feet of wall between the door and the window, yes. I'm going to tell Nick. He's still standing basically in front of me, I guess. Nick, Mm -hmm. get your ass over here. Sit down as low as you can on the left side. And I heard the crash behind me. Mm -hmm. How close to the door is that? Whatever. You're not 100% certain, but you know that over just a few seconds that has transpired, he's probably crossed about half of the hotel room. So he's six or seven feet away from me? If that. I'm going to spin around and I am going to shoot him. However, I want to aim for his head. It's point blank. So I'm going to say that there's only a minus 20% modifier for aiming at his head because you are point blank. Okay. Go ahead and make me the firearms roll with the 20% modifier. I got a 37%, which is a success. Fantastic. So I'm going to need you to roll me some damage there. Sure. I got a six. Okay. You spin around on heel. Your martial training takes over. You reflexively raise your weapon and put one round in the middle of his forehead. He stays standing for what feels like to you an uncomfortably long time before he keels over. The wall behind him is now a horrible shade, but you do drop him in place. And he is not moving anymore, correct? He is not moving anymore. Okay. Let me ask you a question, Cassie. Sure. Is this the first time you've ever killed a human being? That's a great question. Um, I'm going to probably say no. You have killed in the line of duty before? I'm going to say this is not the first time I've killed. Maybe point blank like that? Sure. Because it is point blank, I mean, you were up close enough to see it. I am going to need a sanity roll. Okay. I got a 69% failure. But you are going to take one point of sanity. Okay. I yell at Anthony in the next room. Anthony, aim for their head. Her voice comes out with this waver that tells you maybe she's not quite as okay as she's putting on. She yells that out. Okay. Oh, boy. Nick, you've got one that is coming at you with a nasty-looking garden sickle. So that's a fantastic thing for you. So assuming they're swinging there, it seems like it'd be a really good idea to get out of the way of said garden sickle. I would say that that is a fantastic idea. Right. See if the dice agree with me. He does, in fact, connect with this nasty, rusty gardening sickle. You can roll a dodge because it is a melee attack. That seems like a very good option. He connects, but you manage to turn your body in just such a manner the last second that while you can actually feel the metal scrape off of your skin, it doesn't draw blood or spill your viscera all over the ground. Given the options, I'll take that. You only take one point of damage just from skin abrasions and not having to have several hundred stitches. (laughs) All right. See, isn't that nice? Julian... This woman with a bullet in her, no less, 
is going to swing on you. Okay, what are my options here? Your options are you can dodge or you can parry her roll. You have to beat not only your skill, but her roll as well. Right. I'm going to attempt to dodge, I think. Fantastic. Hey. You rolled not only under your dodge, but also under her roll. You do manage to get mostly out of the way because she was still successful, but you were successful. You only take the minimal amount of damage in this case, and that's going to be one point as she slashes down your front. Your shirt is now ruined. Nicholas, this person in front of you is literally attempting to cut you into small pieces. Yeah, so I believe I was ordered by a federal agent to get behind her, so... I believe you were. So you are going back into the room then? Yes? If it's very obvious that he's not going to be killing me anymore, then yes. As you move and peek into the room, he is quite dead. So you don't assume he's going to be a threat to you anymore. Given the way this day is gone, we'll see. Fair enough. Anthony. So I have this gentleman in front of me, yes? Yep. Clean or wounded? This one in front of you is clean. Then he seems to be relatively close. Oh yes, point blank. Alright, well, then I'm going to take aim and fire. Are you aiming specifically? Are you going to take advantage of the point blank? Oh, I think I'm going to take advantage of the point blank. I mean, that I'm, I'm right here. Just a good idea. Yeah. Right. It seems reasonable enough to take advantage of the point blank when you can. Absolutely. So that gives me what? That gives you an additional 40%. So if you wanted to do like a called shot, you're only at a minus 20% to your actual roll. Cassie did say aim for the head, but that's pretty much true everywhere. Right. You'd be surprised the number of things that works on. Right. I think I'm just going to take the plus 40 for being point blank because... It seems silly to go for a headshot and then, if it misses, get overrun. Center mass. Cool. Yep. Go ahead and make me that roll. That is a success. Go ahead and roll me some damage. Jesus Christ. One. You fire at the moment you're wavering between head and center torso, and at the last moment you decide on center torso and clip him in the shoulder. Okay. That moment of indecisiveness was what caused it. We'll call it. We'll talk it up. Anthony and Cassie, real quick, make me an alertness roll. Let's see if you see this. And a success. You both see it. Yep. Yep. You can see the gentleman that was in the suit that did all of the speaking earlier. He seems to be dancing. Almost. It looks almost like ballroom dancing. He's got his arms out wide, almost like an embrace. His head is thrown back, and it looks like he's doing this very slow, soft shoe in the dirt of the parking lot. That's nice. I have other things to deal with other than him at the moment. (laughs) But I do take note. It is odd. That seems to be what he's doing. Cassie, it is, in fact, your turn. Do I notice the guy going into that family's hotel room that I talked to earlier? Into the Tuckerman's hotel room? Yes. Does seem to be exactly where he's going. He has, in fact, managed to get back up on his feet, and while he's not moving quickly, that seems to be exactly where he's going. Crap. 
if you listen carefully, you can actually hear panic yells coming from inside the corner room of the motel. I yelled at Anthony. One of those guys is headed to a family's room. There's a child in that room. Go, go, just go. Yeah, I simultaneously pull out the Bowie knife where I grabbed from the van. Okay. I toss it to Nicholas behind me. Okay. Whether he guesses it or not, it's not. It's she. I am going to take off sprinting towards the north. Maybe a couple of those guys will follow me. All right. You actually do notice that one of them breaks off and starts to heading towards you. The other one seems to be continuing to head south towards the room. Okay. So, that was Cassie. Uh, and in fact, the one that's breaking off towards you comes running up to, directly to you as it is his turn. Anthony, they close in on you. Not a single one of them has said anything or even made any sounds. Julian, the one in the room, positions herself between the beds. The one that is attacking, currently attacking Cassie, does so with a large Cutco kitchen knife. One of those serrated jobbies that you get at, like, Goodwill for uh, 50 cents. He is coming in fast. Do I get the dodge? You do get the dodge. Oh my god. But you gotta beat that. That is a 12. Oh! 74 over 60, that is not a successful dodge. He does connect, in fact, with this nasty-looking kitchen knife. He does... Five points of damage to you as it connects with your lower abdomen and it circles around the side of your torso up into the back. Crap. None of six hit points. Oh my god. Don't you have a vest? What the heck? Do you have a vest on currently? I have handcuffs and a badge. That, that's all I had. Then you are not currently wearing a vest. No. No. You feel as much as the pain. The other thing that you feel immediately, Cassie, is cold. You feel this coldness as the front of your inside of your shirt becomes wet. You look down, there is so much blood. There's so much blood, Cassie. I fall to my knees, grab my side. If you want to keep running, you can make me a constitution roll. Okay. I got a 22, which is critical. That is a fantastic roll. Not only do you manage to keep running, but something in your head says that if you stop and fall down right now, he is not going to hesitate to use that knife on you until you can't run anymore. You hear a voice in your head. It's yours saying, keep moving your feet, Cassie. Keep moving your feet as you run from this guy. So I will keep running. Anthony, the guy directly in front of you is attacking you with a bladed implement of some horror. Okay. You may make either a dodge roll, or you can do a fight parry roll if you'd like, and use your unarmed combat. Let's see here. I'll try to just fend him off if I can. Go ahead and make me roll. Nope. He does manage to connect with, uh, I believe, the survival knife. You take three damage. Okay, I'm going to let the vest soak it because that's what the vest is there for. The knife tip hits you on the gut and goes right up the front. He seems to think that he's got you, mm -hmm. but you can actually feel the impact of the knife being absorbed by the vest. You're going to have a bruise, but nothing more. Julian, the one in the room with you, she takes a swing at you. Very unsuccessfully. Oh, I will try to fight back. Hey, look at that. <laughs> 1,740. Fantastic. 
she makes a clumsy lunge at you and throws herself badly off balance. Are you bringing the chair down on top of her, I assume? Yes. Alright, I'm gonna call a chair a D8 damage, so you go right ahead. Take three. You bring it down on top of her. She lands on the ground, and she is now currently prone. Since you haven't moved, you could use the rest of basically your action to immobilize her. Yeah, yeah, let's do that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Give me an unarmed combat roll real quick just to establish a pin. I failed. I didn't pin. Okay, so you haven't managed to establish a pin. So, that is Dow Nicholas. Nicholas, you're hearing yelling going on around you and the sounds of footsteps and there's gunfire. Just a normal Tuesday. Yeah, right? Yep. All right. Well, I assume that this would put me well into fight or flight mode because oh god why wouldn't it it would seem to yeah and flight back into the hotel room does not seem like a productive option can i see that anthony is doing a very very good job of being outnumbered right now Yes. I'm going to pick up the knife and try to cut somebody. Preferably not Anthony. Okay. Uh, so you're going to take the, the 10 feet here and, and engage the guy right here? Engage is a very strong word for what will probably happen, but yeah. Yeah, that's what we're doing. Go ahead and make me a melee roll, sir. All right. Roll low, guys. Roll low. Well, that's slower than I thought it'd be, but still not a success. You grab the knife, you charge this almost person that you face off with. Seems to move a little faster than you and seems to be more sure of themselves combat-wise, but doesn't manage to actually do anything with your being horribly off-balance. Seems like this person is also horribly off-balance, so it kind of evens out. I'd call stalemate a win at this point. Yeah, right. Cassie, I need you to make me an alertness roll. And I fail that with an 84%. In failing in this case, you do see what is about to happen. Okay. You are running. As you turn to look back, you see the guy in the suit in the parking lot is now standing in the middle of a circle that looks like he's engraved on the ground with his footsteps. From him dancing? Mm-hmm. He's standing in the middle and he has his hands raised to the sky. Okay. His head, it makes your eyes water because it doesn't seem to be a solid entity. It seems to be more like a rolling smoke that comes off the top of a candle or incense. It's almost like the top and back of his head are turning into wisps of vapor above him, like he's constantly evaporating. That's normal. And he's looking at something in the sky. Do I look up to see what he's looking at? That's the rest of your alertness failure. You, in fact, do. Just as that instinctual, when somebody looks at the sky, you go, oh, what are you looking at? Right. You look up, and the clouds have parted in a ring above him. Okay. Okay. You're pretty sure 
something is coming through that ring. Great. All I know now is that I need to get to that family and take down that guy. But in my head, I'm also thinking that I need to get back to where Nick and Anthony and Julian are because I think for this to stop, we need to break that plate. And I'm putting this thought in the back of my head. You are heading towards the Tuckerman's room still. I am. Bleeding profusely. Yes. But you are putting it in the back of your head that you need to destroy that damn plate. Yes. All right. Julia, it is now your attack, sir. She's prone, right? She is prone currently, yes. I am leaving the room. Screw this. (laughs) I'm out. Good call. Which way are you going? Anthony has the front door fairly blocked off. There is an open window in the back, or there is the still glass filled window. So she came through that, right? So there's a pretty big hole in it. I think I'm going to go out the window. You go out the window. Fantastic. With moving the curtains aside, find a large tarp covered, which can only be a vehicle. Sweet. I'm going to grab the tarp off of there. With the tarp off of it, it is a looks to be maybe 1984, 1985 pickup truck. It's battered. It's beaten. Not a hubcap on it. But it's there. And right now, as far as you're concerned, it's Apollo's chariot. Okay, so I will be getting into the uh, truck. Hopefully it it starts. You are getting into the truck. So with your move back through the window, I will say that you get over to the truck and manage to wrench the door open. There are no keys. Well, I'm assuming they're not, but uh, there's two ways to check. I can either check under the visor. You look in the visor quick, you pull it down, no keys. Okay, so I'm hot wiring this hug. You know what? In this case, let's call that a drive roll. Okay, okay. Success. You're like, okay, it's been a long time, but this is an old vehicle, so you reach under the dash and pull down a handful of wires, and in the very dim light that is pouring out through the window out into the cab of this truck, you manage to pull a couple of wires that you need to, and but that's going to take you another round. Nicholas. I would say if I was dumb enough to do it before, I will be dumb enough to stand here and basically not let Anthony get overrun and then um, get murdered at that point, so I'm going to choose getting murdered now as opposed to getting murdered later. Anthony, this uh, this, this, this college this, this college guy next to you here is to his credit, doing his very best to try to A, help you out, you think, and B, possibly get killed. Nick, who's beside me now, what is he fighting with? Uh, he is currently fighting with a survival knife. Oh, okay. So he's got something. Um, yeah. No skill, but I have something. So, yeah. So really, I'm playing Bullet Sponge is what I'm playing right now. That's awesome. I'm going to work to make him have to work a little less hard, I suppose, and try to drop some of these fools. This is your fourth shot? Yep. Doing the guy right in front of you? I grazed him last time, so hopefully I can get a little bit better of a shot this time. Right. That is success, sir. And with literal point blank, he's right in front of you. I will call this essentially a critical damage because 
there's not much he can do to not be shot exactly where you want to shoot him. Okay, so how do crits work? Is it max damage then? It's double damage. It's whatever you roll, you double it. Oh, okay. That's 20. So you blow most of his front of his head off. He drops to the ground with a crimson mist behind him. Nicholas ever seen somebody killed? <laughs> I'm going to go out on a limb and say Nicholas has never seen anyone get killed gruesomely right in front of him before. No. No, we've got to play afterwards. I'm going to need you, sir, to make me a sanity roll. And then regardless of the outcome, I also need a constitution roll from you. And then, James, yes. does this gunfire more than one time around? The service pistol, semi-automatic. Yes, I believe they can fire twice around. You only lose one sanity for seeing someone literally have part of their face removed. The constitution, you manage to swallow back the vent of bile that attempts to come up from seeing large portions of someone's head turned into party streamers. Surprised myself, even. Yeah, yeah, you actually managed to keep your shit together. Go ahead and take your second shot, Mike. Yeah, I'm just going to move a bit to the right and try to get the, the dude to the right of me off of me. That is a failure there. So, shot goes wide. Shot goes wide on that one, yeah. But you definitely dropped the one that was directly in front of you. And from your vantage point, I need you to make me an alertness roll. Okay. I do. I mean, I'll roll. We'll see what happens. Roll, yeah. That is a 1250, so that's a success. You see what you do see, the guy out in the parking lot across the street. He has his head tilted back. You now also see what Cassie saw, that there is something very unnatural about this man as the back of his head is constantly wafting off like a dark vapor. He has his arms stretched out wide, head tilted back. You can't tell if his eyes are open or closed because he's wearing sunglasses. He's now yelling what to you is essentially nonsense because you don't speak the language. But he seems to be yelling it not at you, but something above him. All right. So... That is... Now Cassie's go. Okay. Am I close enough to start shooting at that guy that's trying to get into the Tuckerman's hotel room? You could take a shot at him. You'd be at a minus 20% because he's about halfway through the door, but yes. I'm just trying to get his attention at this point. Yep. Yeah, and I'm not going for a headshot. I'm just trying to shoot at him center mass. Popping off a shot. Popping off a shot. So I get a 4% success. That's an excellent shot. Go ahead and roll me some damage, actually. And then I get a two for damage. You put a bullet in his hip, not far from the other gunshot wound that you already did to him. So he's now been shot twice and is perceptively slowing now. He's still attempting to get into the door, but he's now facing you as he tries to get through the doorway. You can hear the woman and little girl in that room now very clearly... You can hear a male's voice calling out for help. Deputy, help us. How close am I now to him? Because I'm running at the same time I'm shooting him. Yeah, and you're running. So yeah, you get up to about here. Am I able to take a second shot or am I done since I ran and shot at him? Ordinarily, I would say no. But for the fact that you are mostly running on adrenaline and being held up by the paint right now, I will say yes, go ahead and take another shot. Okay. I get a 5% success. 
And then I am going to roll. I've got a four. Eagle Eye Cassie. <laughs> With the last bullet, you actually put that one in his chest right next to his heart. He ends up slamming up against the wall to the north of him, leaving a large bloody splotch on the window. Okay, great. So your momentum carries you to the corner. You can see through the now slightly opened door the sweaty and terrified looking face of Tom Tuckerman and his wife right behind him. Is that guy down or is he still trying to move? He's not breathing, it seems like. You either have dropped him into unconsciousness or you've killed him. I yell at the family to forget any of your belongings, grab your car keys, get in your van, go. They take just a few seconds. They seem to be grabbing car keys and he's like, come on, come on, let's go. And the three of them come running out towards the van. So that'll be your action as you are ushering the Tuckermans into the van. Well done. As you are ushering the Tuckermans into the van. Damn it. You can see that one that you passed is running up on you. He doesn't get to you or the Tuckermans quite yet, but he will next round. Okay. Mike, the one that you missed just barely is right up on your business now. All right. Julian, you look up from your job just long enough to hear glass crunching as the woman that was in that hotel room comes crawling back out through the glass and is looking around. You're not sure if she knows where you're at, but you figure it won't be long until she figures it out. Okay. Gotcha. There's still one cultist that is going to swing at Anthony. He is successful. If you would like to dodge, you may. Otherwise, if you would like to fight Perry, you may. I dodged but missed, so... Dodged but missed. Okay. Your Kevlar is doing its job today. It might not live through the fight, but you might as it digs into another one of the front plates and the knife bounces off of the front. You can smell this person's breath. And if you make me a quick alertness roll, as his mouth is open as he's trying to attack you. Hmm. That's a critical success. First of all, now that he is close, you can see that he actually has scarification on his neck and down his arms of various strange-looking symbols. What really disturbs you the most is that as his mouth is open, taking in a breath to attack you, he has no tongue. Oh, there is just a meat stub in there. Does the vehicle start? Yes, this round. Okay, which direction is the front end facing? The front end is facing north. You are actually on the driver's side right now. Alright, so I will throw it in reverse. It shifts a little hard, but, you know, no time to be picky. Right, yeah. I'm not planning on keeping this vehicle for any length of time. Well, not so much. And I lay on the gas. Okay, you lay the hammer down. Anthony and Nicholas, you hear the sound of an engine turnover. Fairly loud engine. And then you hear the sound of it rev up and the sound of gravel and dirt comes around the front in a pickup truck. Nice. I would like to hit the gas and see if I can mow down these cultists right in front here. God. That's fine with me. Make me a drive roll. 4%, yes. <laughs> Anthony and Nicholas, you are engaging in various 
fisticuffs with your particular cultist partners. Then you hear both of them disappear. Do you hear a sickening thud, thud, thud? Two are scooped in front of the truck and tossed, and the other thud is him running over the guy that's dead in between you two. No time for questions. Get in. Nicholas, before you get in, I need you to make me another sanity roll. <laughs> As you just saw two guys get hit by a truck and another guy's dead body get run over. That's fair. Oh, boy. Apparently that was too much. <laughs> You're going to lose four sanity, Nicholas, all at once. You don't throw up. You are now staring at two twisted bodies in front of this truck and one that's underneath the truck in horror. Right. My eggs are safe. And then you could move because it is actually your turn now. I heard somebody say something along the lines of get in and let's go. I have things to grab, though, because I'm assuming that I was not wildly swinging a knife carrying a box. The box is still in the room. And a duffel bag. So I will grab those things and hop in the back. That would be something I could do. You run in, grab the stuff, run out, and leap into the back of the truck. Anthony, this pickup truck, old and now slightly more battered and oddly painted pickup truck, is idling in front of you. You hear Julian, no time for questions, get in. I'm going to hop in the back of the bed, because that's the easiest way, and I point as I hop in, I point north, and I say, Cassie's that way. Okay. That will be your action. This person, this thing over in the parking lot, stops chanting. Oh my god. Hearing babies when you're not expecting to hear them is the worst thing ever. Really? And it's coming from above you. Coming down from the sky is something. And when I say something, I mean... Something. You are having a distinctly hard time deciding what that something is. Coming down from the clouds, the first thing you see is they're not appendages. They're vaguely reminiscent of what hangs underneath a Portuguese man of war, but thicker, fleshy meteor, if you will. Your eyes are drawn against their will up these twitching, membranous, almost intestine lumps of flesh to a white, glistening, pearlescent body. It's bloated and the skin squirms unevenly. In the depths of your head, as you're trying to grasp for things to compare it to, the skin reminds you of that of a grub or a larva of some sort. Along both of its sides, there are long, multi-jointed, twisted, insectile limbs. Sometimes the limbs have three, four, or even five joints. They're constantly moving and writhing. Between the rows of legs, there are small holes in the skin of whatever this is that seem to be breathing and producing that horrific sound coming from above you. Your eyes are forced to work their way up the torso of this thing to its face. Part of your head sees why it was making the sound it was. The head has an almost infantile look to it, an unbirthed child's head. The eyes are swollen and staring off into space with a bizarre cross pattern. The mouth, if you want to be so generous as to call it a mouth, it 
It's more of a collection of wet, breathing holes with smaller versions of the arms around it, constantly grasping and seeming to push anything it can grasp into those small holes. The whole thing is 15, 16 feet tall, not including the, the tendrils that are hanging down, and it seems to be writhing its way down out of the clouds towards you. Who wants to make me some sanity rolls? Yeah. Nice. Oh, that's a good, good. I'm glad I failed. I want to remember nothing of this. Oh, oh, a hundred. Whoa. Two in a row. That's spectacular. You maxed the meter out, though. <laughs> you maxed the meter on sanity loss in this case, yes. I got an 81. Man. Cassie also fails. I succeeded. <laughs> Everyone who just failed takes seven sanity loss. Okay. Oh, my God. Nicholas, I'm quite sorry, but you will be taking 10 sanity loss. Woohoo. We're going to need a new Nicholas now. Julian, you take two sanity loss. Huzzah. Whatever it is, this affront to nature that is currently squirming its way out of the clouds and into the very depths of your dreams looks down at the motel and looks directly at the truck with the eyes that seem to be just... They both seem to focus on you, which is worse, infinitely worse somehow. And the mouths that are making that horrible mewling baby sound are twitching as it writhes towards you. Cassie's turning up. How close is that truck to me? They're still at the other end of the motel because Anthony just jumped into the back and then looked up. Is the family in the van yet? Is the Tuckermans in the van? The daughter is in the van. The husband is in the van and is currently yelling at the wife who was buckling up the girl child and who is now standing and staring and drooling a little bit, but is still slowly moving towards the van. Okay. She's on autopilot, it seems, right now. As long as she's not running towards the dude dancing in the circle. No. Is that guy, the um, the cultist, he's pretty close to me, right? Oh, yes, he's quite close. Is he in point-blank range? Not only is he in point-blank range, but you can add a plus 40 to your roll because he has stopped moving entirely. Great, I'd like to shoot him in the head. You know what? I won't even make you roll that because he's not at all even looking at you. So go ahead and just roll damage and double it. Tell, tell us how you really feel, Morgan. <laughs> Gotta take him down. They're like zombies. He have 14. His face stops being a face. His body just keels over onto the ground. You feel a little bit like a mafia executioner now. Oh, that's fine. I, you know, am I able to take another action and shove that woman to the van? Yes, you can move around and shove the woman into the passenger seat of the van. I will allow that, yes. So you move about to over here and shove her bodily into the van. Her daughter kind of upside down in the cargo area of the van. And I slam the door and I yell at the guy, you guys head north. Just go, go, go. Just don't stop. You get about half of that before he is laying on the gas and peeling gravel as he backs <laughs> up the minivan. You get the rest of it out as he's out on the road and driving away. I 
I'm not going to just stand there. I'm going to probably proceed going back south to where I see the truck. You head back south in the rearview mirror, Anthony. And uh, actually, for the people in the back of the truck currently who aren't gibbering mad, that's going to be Anthony. Nicholas, you currently are up to your eyeballs and crazy. So we'll get to you in just a second. Anthony, yeah, you see this woman come around. She gets around to the edge and stops. Stops cold in her tracks. She is looking up at that thing in the sky with open adoration. Okay. Um, I am going to turn my attention to steadying myself, reloading my weapon, and uh, making sure that I can get my eyes on my partner. You will take this round to put the new clip in, steady your nerves from the horrible backhand that they just received. Mm -hmm. With a seven sanity loss, you now pick up a temporary insanity, a temporary derangement. Nice. For cinema's sake, in this current situation, how does your mind break a little bit? What's the big crack that appears in the porcelain vase that is your mind? <laughs> um, I think he probably gets manic almost, right? Like the energy level goes way up. He gets feverishly excited because that's finally something that's going to tie back to what happened before and the, the, the mystery therein. Like, this is the proof. This is it. And so I'm banging on top of the cab of the truck and and screaming, I told them all it was real. My reports are true. Julian, he is pounding on the back, hooting and hollering. He sounds joyous, vindicated. Nicholas, new vistas have opened in your mind. Things have unfolded inside of your brain that you didn't even know were possible. You didn't know that things like what is now in the air in front of you, you never would have conceived that that was even close to possible. God, it's real. What if it's all real? That is exactly what goes through your head as ten sanity leak out of your ears. Your head is filled with stars. You begin to make connections that shouldn't be made between things that, that have happened, things that might happen, things that will happen. Between touching the plate and seeing this creature, something in your mind clicks. Not snaps, that was a few seconds ago, but clicks. You think that you might have a solution as to how to deal with this whole situation. Oh, it'll all be better soon. One of two things. It's either A, you need to figure out a way to destroy the plate, or B, you just have to kill all of the living people around this thing, and then it won't have a problem. Logically, it's either way. Your choice. There's one plate and a bunch of people, so hopefully destroying the plate would be faster, but half the people are dead already, so we have a good start. Yeah, there's only like two or three remaining. They still have guns, so... Um... Anthony, for a moment, Nicholas looks at you, and the look that you got in the eyes of that cultist earlier is exactly the same look that Nicholas gives you as he's looking at the gun that you're holding, and he looks at the knife that's in his hand, and then seems to make a decision. Okay. It's a small detail in between all of the horror, but part of your training notes that. We're going to go with stone cold logic here. I can probably attempt to destroy the plate and then kill all the people. But if I try to kill all the people, then I can't then go attempt to destroy the plate if I fail the first one. So logic wins. Okay. Well, 
I'm, I'm in the back of a truck. I'm assuming that it's good old-fashioned metal truck bed. Mm-hmm. That seems like as good a place as any to try to smash something that's, what, 5,500 years, give or take a millennia old? Yeah, seems to be. Yeah. Flip the box open and get to go with the... Pick it up straight up in the air and go on a fallen Hulk smash. Anthony and Julian in the mirror, and Cassie from your distance, you can pretty much see what he's doing. Nicholas stands up with this wild, wide eyed look. He looks directly at you, Anthony, picks the plate up over his head in his bare hands. When he touches it, his eyes lose all of the white, but they don't just become black. You can see wisps coming out of the sockets, like the back of the man's head that's in that parking lot. Wow. He lifts the plate above his head and he smashes it on the ground. All sound stops. The wind stops. The sound of the chanting stops. Even that hideous crying noise that was coming from that creature stops. For a moment, that rushing sound of your heartbeat seems to come to a stop. The universe seems to be weighing its options, deciding what's real, what's not, what it owes you, and what you owe it. You see the plate smash on the ground. It lands in six large chunks. The chunks seem to be still connected by wet, stringy bits of tissue all at once. The sound returns, but the sound that you hear most is that keening sound of the thousands and thousands of infants wailing at the same time. You feel the wind around you begins to shift. It starts to rush from your left to your right. Cassie, you can feel your hair actually starting to lift and little bits of rock and stuff on the ground are sliding towards the parking lot. Okay. The bits and the dust seem to be lifting into the air towards whatever this creature is. And the breeze around you seems to be picking up. It's quickly becoming a wind and is starting to ruffle your shirts and pick up larger stones off the ground. Anthony. Whatever this is, it's drawing matter around you towards it. Shingles are now flying off of the roof of the smaller building ahead of you and are flying into the air towards where this creature is. As the creature seems to be moving backwards up into the sky, it seems to be forming a vortex, a pulling sensation. Gravitational wind, you're not sure, but it seems to be taking a bunch of stuff with it. If I look out over across the parking lot, is the uh, dancing gentleman still around? He's in the middle of the circle, but he's no longer looking up. He's now looking at the broken tablet on the ground. He looks horrified. I am going to call out to our faithful rescuer. Drive me around so I can get a clean shot at this asshole. Do I look like driving Miss Daisy? I say as I put it in gear and head towards so she can get a clean shot at that asshole. <laughs> you lay the hammer down. Mike, you're holding your action until he comes around the corner. Yeah, you bet. You bet. 
the guy in the suit is now attempting to run towards the edge of this circle. The force that's drawing things up towards this entity is making it really difficult for him to move. You can see larger rocks, some of the sagebrush and stuff is now lifting into the air. Julian, you're starting to have a hard time controlling this truck. As it comes around the corner, the front end of it slides a little bit further than you anticipated, and you're starting to wonder about traction underneath it with this lifting. Cassie, first things first, I need you to make me a dex roll. Okay. As you see this truck coming around you, you're going to go for the truck, right? Yes, jump in the bed of the truck, yep. As you start to run, you have the oddest sensation as your feet are coming in contact with the ground less and less. Great. Well, I get a 92% failure in my deck strolls. Okay, so you move about 10 feet, but you also move about 20 feet that way. Julian, she starts to run towards the truck. As she's running, her feet are sliding. She's being sucked towards whatever this vortex in the sky is. I have to change what I'm doing. Now I'm trying to... Uh cut her off from being sucked up, so I'll try to interpose myself between the vortex and her, so that if she continues to get pulled that way, she gets pulled into the truck so we can grab her. That makes sense? That does totally make sense. Anthony, you are still holding your action, but you see that this is transpiring. Okay. Anyone looking at the back of the truck? Anthony, if you are currently taking a glance. Nicholas, you see this, but I'm not sure how well it registers in your mind right now, which is kind of a soft-boiled egg. The woman that came around the end of the motel is lifted off of her feet by this suction, is pulled into the sky towards that circle. She is entangled in the tendrils of this thing. The tendrils quickly wrap around her. Her form is stretched like hot wax as she's moved higher and higher up into the tendrils to the arms she is pulled into small pieces and stuffed into the holes. That's gross. <laughs> it's gross. Julian, you make me a drive roll, sir. All right. Critical success. Nice. You managed to not only get exactly between Cassie and the vortex currently, but you could, the way you pulled it up with the fact that you got a critical success... Anthony can use his turn, if he wishes, to make a dex roll to grab Cassie by the arm and heft her into the back of the truck without stopping. Oh yeah, absolutely. No question. That is a success, 84 under 90. You barely get her wrist. Cassie, he gets just his fingertips around your wrist and hoists you into the back of the truck. You take two more points of damage as he pulls that wound in your side, all the way down your side, reopens it as a, not that it's had long to close, but sphincter action does close a wound like that fairly quickly. He pretty much opens it back up, but he hefts you into the back of the truck. I scream as he grabs me. I was already That's, hurting. She screams out in pain, but lands in the back of the truck, wet but alive. I'm going to try to recover my shooting position you're pretty much in a good position. She's now laying in front of you, next to your side, and is staring at this thing in rapt fascination. And you retain your shooting position. Since you do not move, I will give you one attack. 
Okay. I try to line this dude up and give it a go. Okay. Go right ahead, sir. He is the problem child. That is a success. There is no cover for him, and you cannot dodge a firearms roll. Roll some damage. Three damage. Center mass, I assume. Oh, yeah. His right shoulder and right side jerks as you catch him with a bullet. It seems to catch him by surprise. He looks down at the wound as you see this same dark colored eminence that's coming off of his head begins to rise from this area on his chest now. He almost looks like he tries to grab some of it and put it back in his chest. He seems to be panic doing it. The forces begin to pull him into the air. The wisps begin to come out of his head and the wound in his chest faster. He is now in the air, rising towards these tendrils. You figure next turn, if he's uninterrupted, he will probably meet the tendrils. I'm not sure if that's good or bad, actually. Cassie, what are you doing? I am looking around wildly for the plate. Is, do I see that it's broken in the bed of the truck? Does he, or did it stay back there? It landed on the ground. He smashed it on the ground. Oh, that's not good. Okay. You see the empty box, open with no plate. I start shaking my head back and forth. Blood loss, so I'm I'm a little uh, delirious at this point, I'm sure. In fact, it's the vortex is drawing things up, and, and rather than it being frightening, it actually is kind of beautiful. It's almost like a reverse rain to you as things are drifting upwards into the sky. You don't ever get to see that. That's fascinating and a little sparkly around the edges. Knowing that I've taken a massive amount of blood loss, start thinking about my parents. I gotta be able to make it through this. I gotta make it through this. Anthony, you hear her mumbling to herself about making it through this. She mentioned something about she misses her mom. Hmm. The things that she's saying right now, as touching as they are, also you've been around somebody who's died on the field before. Yeah. She's starting to go into blood loss shock state where she's accepting the fact that she might not make it. My question is, is am I still feeling this exhilaration, this rush? Oh, absolutely. So what I'm going to try to do then is, is channel that into keeping Cassie alive long enough because I have proof. We can prove this now. Right. So she's got to live. You can make me a first aid roll. Oof, you don't really have the supplies to stop her bleeding. You recognize that. So you don't make the wound worse, but you don't manage to stop the bleeding at all. She is bleeding pretty profusely from that cut from the giant jagged bread knife. Julian, what are you doing? And Nicholas, what are you doing? Well, I'm going to try to get the hell out of here as fast as possible. You barely manage to get the rear tires under you as you manage to begin pulling away when there is a deafening explosion as the gas station tanks erupt and a, a gout of fire illuminates the night sky. You can really see the creature in all of its horrific glory as the fire gets drawn up into the vortex as well as large chunks of the gas station and the diner and the motel. As you get past that building called the What Spot, you can see that this vortex is now consuming most of the buildings that were back there, and it has this deep, 
howling noise as the air rushes past you as it consumes the rest of the motel and the rest of the diner as you guys are pulling away from these buildings you see the creature leave through the hole the vortex stops drawing things in and there is almost no record of the three buildings there only the what spot which is now half demolished remains so anthony as you are looking at this fiery ruins behind you glowing softly in the night you're not sure exactly where you guys are going now because your brain isn't really focusing on that per se but you do know that you survived now you have proof you look down at Cassie as her blood is pooling in the back of this pickup truck Nicholas you see through your maddened haze you see this blood her blood pooling the woman who just saved your life you're not sure how many times as her lifeblood is pooling on the back of this pickup truck you're not sure if she's going to live another few minutes let alone another few hours as the pickup truck drives off and that's where i'm going to leave you guys thank you for playing in my short fever dreams scenario here i enjoyed ruining your minds <laughs> as is my prerogative yeah I want to thank Mike for the opportunity for letting me run this short adventure. Sure. And I want to thank my players for playing in it and letting me abuse them a little bit. I want to thank the patrons, all of our backers. Thank you so much. What you do is amazing. Again, thank you. And we, I hope you enjoyed. Remember, patron backers, it's super important that you cast your votes, uh, your, your own personal votes when we vote for our games. And uh, we look forward to seeing what comes next. So. Have a great evening if you can sleep. <laughs>